sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. It's October. Fall is definitely in the air. The leaves are falling. Candy is coming. Halloween is coming. But with Halloween comes, well, scary movies, scary costumes, a little bit of morbidity maybe, and (laughs) if you're listening, hang on, and uh, maybe thoughts of death, but that's not necessarily morbid or uh, it needn't be scary. Sometimes it's good to think of your death. Sometimes it's good to remember your death. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to talk about that and what that means on this episode of Ignition. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we talk about death um, and the church's perspective on death and why we should think about death, uh, we want you to know that we love this inner feedback. So if you've got questions about death uh, or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email. And the address is death at no uh, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition, I-G-N-I-T-I-O-N at SF, as in Sioux Falls, not San Francisco, sfcatholic, C A. T-H-O-L-I-C dot O-R-G, sfcatholic.org. You win. Yay, you win the spelling bee. Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, I am joined that voice that you're hearing if you're uh, listening. The face that you see if you are watching is Robin Bruggeman. Yes. uh, A.K.A. Mama Coco. Oh, funny. (laughs) My kids will love that. Mama Coco. So we'll explain... The, yeah, if you're listening, Robin just hold, held up some ghoulish yeah. um, skull thing that yes. she's... Um, yeah. Mama Coco and Papa Hector. Mama, okay. But otherwise known as Day of the Dead. So Day of the Dead skulls, where yeah. you got the um, the white skulls with the hats and the yeah. flowery decorations all over yeah. them. So Robin, last week, so this is kind of part two of last week's mm-hmm. episode. So folks... Um, you don't need to go back. Last week, we, we talked especially about purgatory. Yep. That's Spent good. most of the episode talking about purgatory, um, which flows into uh, what we're going to be talking about mm-hmm. today. So, Latin, uh, Latin, Robin, last week, uh, I had to give you a Latin phrase to start the show. Do you remember what it was? No, oh, that's why I said Robin. we have to write it down after lex we're done. Lex orandi, lex credendi. I love that. The that's going to go prayers, with our the law of belief. Mm. I love that. We're going to talk about another one today, though, one that yes. you do know. Yeah. Don't write down Lex Randy, Lex Randy. No, I just want to write. Well, you just remind me um, to it's afterwards because I love that. Steel trap. Right Good, because I'm not. <laughs> Rob, Rob's. Um. <laughs> you were just waiting for that, weren't you, Bergwald? Um, we were waiting to pull that one out. Memento mori. <laughs> it's a Latin phrase that you do know what it means. Remember, we all must or will die. Remember, a.k.a. remember your death. Yeah, the the easy, yeah, the, the easy. shortened version. Yeah, what a morbid thing to say yeah. to somebody. So, can I can I share a story about this before? Yeah. So I um, part of my college uh, experience was uh, blessed to be able to do a study abroad program in um, Austria, uh, oh, no a way. village called Gaming, Austria. It's spelled like I know, yeah. We'll get to that little book that you just My held up in a minute. Yep. Comes from there. Um, 
So Gaminastria, it's a it's a, a, a Austrian village in the foothills of the Alps, and the uh, this is where Franciscan University Steubenville has their study abroad program, their okay. Austria program campus. The campus is at a hotel, which is um, a ref- um, a renovated used to be a Carthusian monastery. Okay. Uh, when the communists came in, when the Russians conquered um, Austria as part of World War II, um, it, by that I don't, maybe even before then it was maybe no longer functioning. But certainly it wasn't. They made it like a um, a barn for their horses or something mm. like the chapel. So anyway, okay. uh, hadn't been functioning as a as a uh, Carthusian monastery for a long time. But there were still aspects of it that were around. And one of the things that we were taught is the Carthusian monks who spend a lot of their day in silence. But their greetings to their greeting to each other, they would pass each other. So what brother so and so sees brother so and so, and all he says to him is memento mori. Memento mori. I just heard Father Mike talk about that. Father Mike Schmitz. Yes. Oh my goodness, that is so interesting. You would say that because he said there used to be monks and different people that would greet each other with that. Yeah, First thing the, in the morning, you're passing in the, uh, the, the 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 hallway in the monastery. Memento yeah. mori, remember your death. Yeah. Now, again, for us, we're like, well, talk about Debbie Downer, right? What the <laughs> heck? Hi, good to see you too. <laughs> but in fact, it is a kind thing. It to is. Say, not within but understanding it's context. Wise. Don't I don't necessarily encourage you to just you know randomly walk up to your strangers. Remember your death. Yeah. Like, yeah. What? what, 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 what? What? That's yeah, weird. It might be but received in, kind of weirdly. But in the context, so in the case, in a monastery, obviously you have people living together in community, mm-hmm. sharing the same faith, striving after heaven. Right. Who do work to help each other on the way to heaven. Yeah. And one way you help another brother or sister in Christ is to remind them mm-hmm. to remember their death. Yeah. So it's actually, and it's what, it's what life comes down to. Like really. Everything is life or death. Yep. Every choice we make, life or death. Yep. How we live, life or death. Everything so, we do draws us either a little bit closer or a little bit or a lot further away. further away from the Lord. Right. And from entering into his glory in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. So everything really is memento mori. Memento mori. Yeah. So anyway, so that was my yeah. quick the story that I wanted to share about yeah. the Carthusian monastery. That is so cool. Austria. I'm glad you brought that up. And so... I'm glad we're talking about this because some people that don't understand the memento mori or like these colorful skull things that I brought along yep. um, and you see it everywhere, Walmart or anywhere you go, the skulls are everywhere and they sometimes the creepy skulls too. Um, and so it can be kind of just give you kind of a um, unsettling, yeah. like spooky feeling, yep. but it doesn't have to be. Right. If we turn, we turn it from secular to sacred. And Amen. so that's what I'm excited to talk about today Great. is how we can make it sacred. So how do we make it? So make, make when you say make, make it what? sacred, what's the, make what sacred? The feeling of what the culture is giving off. Great. Because overall Halloween is meant to be spooky so we're talking and about heaven. scary. We're talking, we're talking about Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in general this season. Yeah. Let's just say, um, the Halloween season, which leads into the whole Memento Mori, which is Day of the Dead, and um, thinking on purgatory and all this and the skulls and how that can just be just, ugh. But um, yeah, we, we can take what culture is presenting secularly as something not necessarily beautiful, and we can bring it back to being sacred and faith-related. 
Yeah, so so a couple of things just to, as we we dive into concretely with that, but th- this this is a very Catholic Christian principle and mm-hmm. approach to culture. Yep. So on the one hand, in the case of Halloween, Halloween itself is derived from All Saints Day, mm-hmm. uh, which we celebrate on um, uh, November first. Yep. But it's a solemnity, so mm-hmm. it begins the night before, which, which is in our culture Eve. we think of Halloween. Yeah, yeah, All Hallows Eve. That's yep. where the word. Halloween comes from. Yeah. So in this case, this is this is a, the, the 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 secular cultural practice, which is a little bit spooky and creepy many times, mm-hmm. derives from um, what was what is a, a Christian practice as mm-hmm. well. But mm-hmm. whether whether it derives from or whether it's just it, whether it already is uh, a cultural practice, the 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 Catholic Christian principle, the approach is. Whenever there, whenever we, whenever we engage with, if you will, something in the culture, we can take what's true and good and beautiful, mm-hmm. um, and purify it of Amen. what's false, bad, or ugly. Yes, we don't need to reject the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we can take if there's something in there, and there almost always is. Mm-hmm. If there's something in there which is true or good or beautiful, we we can take that and, and make it part of our own. I mean, right. one of the common things for me that I think of uh, is is the wedding band. Yeah, I mean, wedding bands were uh, they were they were uh, a pagan practice mm-hmm. as part of marriage mm-hmm. uh, weddings, and Christians have been using what this what was previously a pagan practice as part of our marriage ceremonies, our wedding ceremonies mm-hmm. for centuries mm-hmm. at this point, mm-hmm. at least um, so centuries. Um, so that's a way where we take something which is, uh, it might have some pagan religious elements to it, but mm-hmm. we purified of that and we incorporated it. Yeah. This is a little sci-fi geek moment here, Robin. We're like the Borg. Casey's, <laughs> Just give us a thumbs up. Do you know who the Borg are, Robin? I don't know. I don't think Star so. Star Trek. Oh, you know, I no, I don't know that. So the Borg are they're the bad they're they're, they're the probably the big bad in Star Trek Next Generation, uh, and they're these like cy, uh, cybernetic cy, cyborg, half machine, half human uh, things, um, and what they do is they assimilate all life that they encounter into themselves and they make it part of themselves, which sounds kind of creepy. This is where the metaphor goes bad. Uh, But that's, that's what we do as Christians. We assimilate what's true, good and beautiful in culture into ourselves. We take it in what is best about um, things and make it our own. Yeah. And we've always done that. Yeah. We've done that for And it's a positive thing to do too. I mean, you feel a a lot better when you're having that mindset. Exactly. yeah. 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 Okay. So, so, Memento Mori. How, how do we how do we take this this pop culture spooky creepy sense and purify it, purge purge it, yeah. um, and cleanse it and make it something that's in fact true, good, and beautiful? Mm-hmm. You asking me? Yeah. I'm asking well, me. I just think how we view death. Okay, so we're all gonna die. We know that, but no one wants to talk about that. But it is like you um, talked about in the beginning of the episode. Then. Um, having that on the front of our mind, mm. um, the choices we're making and um, just our, how we're seeing death. But then um, I lost my train of thought. Can you figure it out? What was I thinking? <laughs> I <don't. laughs> Can you catch it? Sometimes I'm on the, tracking with you, but and, yeah, I looked time. away and you're like, you're not. No. Um, yeah, I lost my train of thought. But anyways, um, death. 
So how do we take this cultural sensibility, uh, which is spooky and creepy, um, and purified of that? So the, yeah, again, the idea of what's out there in the culture and how can we, in this case, restore it mm-hmm. to what it originally was. It's still gone. It's still gone. Just, can still... you fill in for me a second here? <laughs> My coffee's wearing off. Yours well, is maybe, just this picking is, up. You know, maybe this is appropriate because last episode we didn't give the mid-program break, so this is an appropriate. Is it is appropriate time to do that. So, folks, uh, if you're just tuning <laughs> no, in to this train wreck of an episode, no, you're listening to uh, Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Live Bergwald, recording. talking with Robin Bruggeman today about remembering your death uh, and how we can sort of reclaim this this spooky sense of October uh, for what originally was the uh, the the Christian. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying here, Robin. You're trying to buy me time, and we, my brain. We can. Okay, so here's what's going on. Is all I'm thinking about is how we can help those who have died. So okay, I just so we're, can't so, back up. So so tell you what. So we can because we're going to run out of time. If we, I know. So how forward. about when we do maybe transition to November second? Yeah. Which we're really talking about, Which Day we, of the Dead. Right. Well, so there's the, a no, not yet. Uh-oh, the Mexican thing, the Mexican <laughs> thing of Day of the Dead is not All Souls Day. FYI. What? No. When is that, Casey? Do you know when it is? It's so not. that's something we have misunderstood. Yeah. Oh yeah. goodness. So okay. we see Mex- ah. like the Mexican culture thing where people wearing these spooky masks, yeah. skulls. That happens like some other time. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. I'm glad you clarified that. Okay, so we have, okay, our family and kind of our faith, though, have some similarities to that. Oh, yeah, for sure. um, And that's what I want to talk about is viewing the dead even after our loved ones, our family members, friends have left this world in death and how we can... um, yeah, what we can do with that. Yep. And so, did you want to add something? Well, so just, we, I want to be, so what, what is also, before we like. All Souls, what is All Souls what Day? What is All Souls yeah. Day? So uh, November 1st is All Saints Day. That's yes. when we commemorate, celebrate those um, those people who are in heaven that we don't know. So we've, we have all our, can- right. as Catholics, all our canonized Saints, saints yes. St. John the Baptist, St. Francis. Yes. We've talked about them recently in particular. But all those. The communion of saints. The communion of saints. In heaven. So the, there's on the canonized ones who we know. Yes. But All Saints Day is about celebrating all those. Everyone who has entered into heaven. Yeah, everybody. Yes. Even if yes. we don't know definitively. Right. Right, so good clarification between All Saints Day and All Souls. So All they're Souls back to Day, back. because they're all back-to-back, All Souls Day is when we pray for those souls who are in purgatory. Again, we yes, don't know by and name, we don't know but we presume. Are. So I pray often for my deceased family and friends yes. because uh, they might, quote-unquote, still, again, we talked about this last mm-hmm. episode, what time means in purgatory, but from our perspective, they might still be in purgatory. Right. They might be still be in that state of being cleansed mm-hmm. of their their um, non deadly venial sins and their right. sinful desires. And so, will you talk quick on then how we, as the lay people here, still on Earth waiting for our death day, <laughs> um, how it how the Catholic Church teaches and views how we then, as even like family and friends of people we've lost. How can we help people in purgatory? Right. So this so goes, by our prayers and stuff. Exactly. So um, St. Paul described, you know, there's that 
song by Dana from World Youth Day 1993. We are one body, one mm-hmm. body in Christ, mm-hmm. and we do not stand alone. Yeah. So St. Paul tells us that, not, so he, he uses this idea of the church, the followers of Jesus Christ, the community of his disciples as the body of Christ, because just as a body has many parts, different parts, mm-hmm. they come together in one body and every part yep. serves the whole and is served by the whole. Mm-hmm. From the big toe to the earlobe, right, to right. the eyelash, and so on. Um, so we're all part of the body of Christ, and Saint Paul tells us that nothing can separate us from Jesus Christ and His love, other than sin. Okay, mm-hmm. so we are all not just those of us who are on this side of death, but even those on the other side of death who are in purgatory or heaven. We're mm-hmm. all part of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. So th- there's the church triumphant in heaven. There's the church suffering in purgatory, I almost forget. And there's the church militant or on the way, the pilgrim church mm-hmm. on earth. But we're all, all in one this body. together. We're yep. all one body. So when I do, just, just as I can pray for you, mm-hmm. so last time you were on, you were having some back issues. Mm-hmm. So I, I I hope I prayed for you. I think I did. Oh, thank you. I'm uh, better. It must have <laughs> well, clearly well, it was not all better, me. but thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so just but as yeah, I, can, I can pray for you now, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't need to pray for the saints in heaven, but they can pray for me. Right. Uh, but I, I can, because pr- yeah, the saints in heaven don't need my prayers, mm-hmm. um, but the souls in purgatory can use my prayers. Mm-hmm. We talked last episode about how in purgatory, uh, we don't clean ourselves; We are cleansed. Mm-hmm. We're purified. We're healed. Mm-hmm. We're restored. Um, our, because we're all, in this together, mm-hmm. our prayers can help those those souls who are being cleansed and healed of their final faults and imperfections, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's why we pray for the dead, mm-hmm. not just on November second, but often all the time, all sorts of devotions, yeah. novenas, yeah. prayers, all sorts of ways. Yeah. But you and you can just like this is part of my uh, regular prayers, just praying for it. And I often I I, I think like I consciously name, especially my grandparents and great grandparents who I knew mm-hmm. uh, and then others as well yeah. and pray for them. Well, and honestly, it makes sense if you think about it. So if you think, um, okay, well, I don't know if my, my dad or my mom, my grandma, my friend, whoever have made it to heaven mm-hmm. yet, because maybe they're in purgatory. Well, of course we would want to pray for that person and just be like, Oh my goodness, Lord, please. Um, be with that process, help them to get there soon, fast, yep. now, whatever. Um, so it's, it's really just makes sense to yep. pray for those people and then for everybody in purgatory, because what if they don't have someone that's exactly. thinking of them or um, they don't know to pray for yep. them. And um, it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing that our church teaches in that way. To, Amen. It's burying the dead. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a, um, it's a, a work of mercy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And such an easy one. Yep. Just to pray for their souls to be fully united with Christ in heaven. Amen. And so really, all of November sort of has, if you will, its theme of prayer for the dead. November 2nd in a particular way, um, we do that. So what are some things, we've got about eight minutes left, Robin. What are some things that the Bruggeman family does to, if you will, celebrate to, like Saradi, like Mm -hmm. Scrandi, to bring this teaching of their mm-hmm. faith into your daily life? Well, we do turn it into more of a season. So we definitely, you know, when it's um, All Saints Day, you know, go to Mass, we talk about all the saints, we have different saint things up, but then it quickly goes into the All Souls side of it. 
And um, one of our favorite things to do is, you know, we, we pray for people who have died, obviously, at their death, soon after, whenever they pop into our mind, whatever. But then we're super intentional about it in the month of November, starting with All Souls Day. And so one of our favorite things to do is we have little, we've honestly just taken like recipe cards or little, you know, pieces of cardstock and folded them in half. And then we write the name of anybody we can think of on it. And I mean, it might be grandpa or grandma. It might be um, a friend, an aunt or uncle, um, someone else we know, maybe someone from church, just mm -hmm. anybody that comes to our mind that we are connected with um, to knowing that they have left this life. And um, so we put their name on a little tent card. So we fold it in half and then fold it into a tent card. And then we have a special candle on the um, kitchen table. And so we started doing this when the kids were pretty little. So we were able to just kind of fit it on this like little round cake platter thing. Mm -hmm. Well, as you know, years have gone by, of course, more names are added to this. So now we actually have turned it into like a banner that hangs mm -hmm. in the kitchen and it has all the names of everybody we can think of. And if someone comes over to our house in November, we invite them to do that too. Mm. And um, in fact, funny story, last year, um, the bishop ended up coming coincidentally to our house the day we were going to celebrate All Saints and All Souls Day. Um, and so he even put his family and friends um, up with our mm. mixture too. So we had, uh, you know, his uncle Donnie that he talks about all the time mm -hmm. and, you know, whatever. Um, so... What I love about that is they actually start on the kitchen table and they are f just right in front of our minds. All these very special people to us um, or to someone we know, and you just feel super united to them. Mm -hmm. And then there's that that reminder of them then right in front of you to be praying for them. And then Alex, we've we've hung them, we hang them in a banner in the kitchen. And I don't know. It's just such a beautiful, it's such a simple thing. Anybody could do this, wow. you know, um, family, you know, maybe you're just married, maybe you're single, um, whatever. Um, but it just really, really brings them to the front of your mind and keeps their memory alive also. And um, it kind of reminds me of doing the ofrenda then that the Mexican Hispanic culture does, which is kind of with Explain that. Explain that because a lot of people might. Um and I mean, I don't want to speak it wrong just because it's not my culture, but I respect it and appreciate it so much. So that movie Coco, which we talked about before recording, um, does such a beautiful job of bringing that to life. And basically their um, culture has like an altar set up in mm -hmm. their homes. It's, they're beautiful and they have candles and flowers. And I think sometimes even their food is by there. And then they have a picture of their loved one. And so we do that also. Like we have pictures, like we have a picture of one of our loved ones that have died or friend or whatever. That can be part of our banner, which we actually call an ofrenda. Mm. Um, hopefully that's not disrespectful to <laughs> the Mexican culture, but I just love the idea of that. And so um, as I understand it, then their culture, um, they don't want anybody to be forgotten. Mm -hmm. Nobody to be forgotten about mm -hmm. being prayed for. And I just think that we can learn so much from that. It's so beautiful. So we set up our own little ofrenda and Spike jokes. It's so cute that he says, everybody needs a frienda, a friend <laughs> to pray for them. So we call it an ofrenda. Yeah. Um, but it's just been a beautiful way for us to bring all souls to life within our home. And um, it's just so simple. And we light the candle and then just remember them. Mm. You know, I have a really interesting story. Um, so I worked with this gal 
um, probably, oh my goodness, almost 30 years ago, I took a break from the banking industry and then went to work at a jewelry store. Long story short, this lady was the same one that sold Spike and I our wedding bands. And then I ended up working with her for a year. Her name was Lucy. And um, she was a lovely woman. She was older. She had purple gray hair when I worked with her, <laughs> but she was lovely. Just a lovely woman. I learned a lot from her and um, we never really talked faith, but she was just lovely and wise. So we would, our paths would cross every once in a while through the years, not very often at all. But I mean, I think of every once in a while. Well, this summer, Spike and I were at daily mass at Holy Spirit. And um, right before the um, liturgy of the Eucharist, Father said, today's mass is offered for and he said her name mm. and she's not a member there. And I, I'm kind of occasional daily master. Spike goes more. Um, but I turned to Spike and I said, Oh my gosh, like, I think that's Lucy. And he was like, I think you're right. And I had this instant feeling of God being like, Robin, I put you here mm. on this very day and you are meant to <clears throat> pray for Lucy mm. all during this mass. So after mass, we ran into the church office and we're like, Hey, can you give me information on Lucy, blah, blah, blah. And it was, it was the same Lucy. And that whole day, I just felt like God was saying, Robin, I purposely put you in her path all these years ago so that you, you could then pray for. pray for her. And obviously he had me at that mass on that day that was being offered for her years after she died. She yep. didn't just die. Yep. And um, it just almost brings me to tears thinking about it now yeah. because I felt such a connection to praying for the dead. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what her journey is if she mm -hmm. was, where, where her destination ended up being, or if she's still waiting to get there. But I totally felt this, oh my goodness, mm. the natural thing is to pray for her and to remember her. That's so beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was an amazing experience. That, that is, that's, yeah. And what I love, so it's just a reminder too, that the way that many Catholics, and, and, and I'll do this, so not just praying for the people who I know, but praying and, and just kind of naming it for all the souls in purgatory, uh, especially those who have no one to pray for. Yes, yes, uh, yes. We don't know how many of people, how many of those people are, yeah. but yeah. just we can to be intentional about praying for all the people who have yes. no one to pray for them. Yes, Amen, Amen. Yeah. It's just a beautiful, simple practice we can do, and just also then the other thing we do is I mean we pray throughout the year too, but always then um, praying the eternal. Um, rest grant unto yep. whoever, O Lord, and yep. let perpetual light shine upon them. May their souls and the soul. all the souls of the faithful departed through the God's mercy, mercy rest in peace. Amen. And um, so also we actually hang that up during the month of November in our home mm -hmm. to just have that focus being specifically dedicated to all those souls. Yep. That because again, we're all, we're all, if you will, in this together. Yeah. Uh, so we can, it is, it's an act of mercy mm -hmm. to pray for the dead. Yeah. Um, because there's, no, well, the saints could probably pray for them too, since there's nobody else to pray for them, but maybe. Yeah. So Robin, we've got like less than half a minute left. Do you have something to share before we wrap up or is it too long? Well, that what I shared with you before said, just as we turn to our big sisters and brothers, the saints to intercede for us at the throne of God, the poor souls are also turning toward us saying, have pity on me and pray for me. So mm. yeah. It's just so beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah. So folks, as uh, we are approaching Halloween and then November, uh, we remember, of course, again, the saints who have gone for us, but we also pray for the deceased. So maybe uh, take something that Robin shared, some of their practices to heart and try them at home. Robin, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. You betcha. And folks, that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org. 
with any questions about today's episode or ideas for future ones. And until next time, may God bless you. Sorry I had brain pain. Holy cow. That's my biggest fear.